This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah. Yeah. With Ken Laird. Bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. And WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. He's a killer. Yeah. Yeah. He's a mess. Lace him up for some bees talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI. It's another edition of the Skate Pod coming to you on the 5th of September. Thursday, our new launch time. Matt, we've pushed it back yet another day. Every week we'll push it back a day until we're on Sunday Skate actually doing real radio on Sunday morning. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm not sure if that quite works that way. Okay, all right. Well, regardless, we believe Thursday is going to be our new our regular launch day. A lot of Tuesday night games during the season, so we'll probably be recording on Wednesday. Uh, you don't care as long as you want to get the content, I'm sure, as a listener. And uh, in general, we just want to remind you, radio.com, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, to be found there now as well, wherever you can get your great podcast and search for The Skate Pod. I use Downcast, and we have, we're on there, oh, so good. I know that. And so uh, everybody can get us anywhere. There's no excuses. Big news this week, thanks to Kalman, who uh, confirmed that David Backus is indeed healthy, despite the rumors. And you just got back from the captain's practice, where more than just the captains are present. How many players were on the ice today over at the Warrior Ice? Uh, at least 20, I guess. 20 guys, yeah. so it's officially started. Not all Bruins. Adam McQuaid was out there. so Right, which yeah. is an interesting... Uh, well, we see it all the time. Presence. I, you, Keith Yandel used to be a, a presence here until he moved to South Florida. It's not. It's only for the Twitter weirdos to decide that this means something. It doesn't mean anything. The guy skating with his friends, he probably comes back to Boston a lot. And he well, doesn't have a deal. We're going to talk about what you saw there and about uh, the package situation, but we have on the line our tri-host... That is Pete Blackburn from CBS Sports, who is back after his bizarre summer where he teased something big, then went to Oregon, drank a lot of beers. I saw those posts. I saw he had a baby. He had a child? He actually had a child? That's what it looked like. I did not have a child. I did not. <laughs> it's, my, uh, it's my nephew. Oh, okay. And it was not Oregon either. There's a lot of false information being spread in this podcast. <laughs> Portland, Maine. Oh, oh, Portland. I thought it was somewhere more exotic. Oh, well, Portland, Maine's exotic. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't bash it. Portland, Maine is the best place on earth. Don't you besmirch the good, the good place of Portland, Maine. Love Portland. We have two affiliates there, and Peaks Island is one of the premier spots across the water. Um, and you teased something gigantic at the end of the summer. Has it not happened yet, or did we miss it? Uh, it has not happened yet. It, oh. it's, it got pushed back, but it's still uh, it's still in the works, and I'm right. I'm still excited for it. Okay. Despite your you and Calman's incessant texts and tweets <laughs> asking if this is the big tease. I know we've submarined the entire thing. It's I think he's waiting for his doppelganger Diego Schwartzman to win the U.S. Open, then he's going to do a movie or something about him. <laughs> uh, you fired up for the season, uh, Mr. Blackburn. Yeah, I'm ready. It's it's uh it's been a nice summer, but uh I'm ready to not have a life again. I'm ready for hockey and uh ready to have my heart broken and, and ripped <laughs> apart once again. You might get hired by Sportsnet. They fired everybody else, so they need somebody. Yeah, seriously. It's one of those it's one of those things, man. The, it's it's tough to figure out where the industry is going, but a lot of good people out of a job now. All right, well, let's start with Bacchus since Calvin you wrote about that. His agent talked and he was there today obviously. But yep. so there was some degree of for a day or two, uh, rumors from the NHL Network. Lawton, Brian Lawton. Brian yeah. Lawton, uh, who said he might be injured. He might, he might be showing up on uh, on LTIR. Yeah, I mean, those rumors had been on social media all summer, and people. I think most of it was wishful thinking. Uh, but when Brian Lawton, who is supposed to be some sort of insider, he's on the league's network, and, and to say, you know, the league tries to shy away from rumor and innuendo, especially when it comes to a player being injured, um, for him to say that on the air, I thought oh, this might actually be something other than 
Twitter talk and yeah, you got two days of Twitter talk. Guys. Exactly. So you know, I mean, I don't know. If, uh, you talk about people being fired at Sportsnet, but it seems like no one, no one ever actually gets fired for doing something wrong. They just get fired for making too much money. But um, well, these yeah. are, these are the same gonna... questions about Bacchus we asked Pete three months ago when we had him on at the start of the summer. Right. Nothing has changed. Yeah, but... nothing's changed. He's going to be here and he's going to be in camp, and it just shows you what Don Sweeney. I mean. You don't want to criticize the GM of the year too much. Clearly, he's made some right moves and some wrong moves over the years, and he's had a good streak. But you wonder about his creativity. Is there enough creativity here to get this done and to do the things? You know, you talk about the LTIR, you know, not to go way off the beaten track here, but, you know, the LTIR wasn't going to give them completely a $6 million cushion, you know, because you have the bonuses. You've got, I think, $2 million of bonuses that goes to Charo that could get bumped to next year. You can really be in trouble if you start overusing that LTIR the way the Bruins did with Savard all those years, and that's when it ended up steamrolling Torelli. So um, th- there's a there's a price to be paid here that clearly Don Sweeney's not ready to pay. What do you make of the whole situation, Pete? I mean, uh, bay, you know, LTIR is not an option if Bacchus doesn't admit right. he's injured in the first place. So uh, that appears to be the case, and they're just going to have to play him, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's sort of where I've stood basically the entire offseason. You kind of just got to come to grips with the fact that they're probably going to have to keep on the roster and there's not going to be a, a, a lot that they can do. I mean, there's cap circumvention that happens all the time across the league, but you know, if he says that he's not hurt and he wants to play, and he clearly does, uh, he's not he's not a guy who's just ready to give it up at this point in time. So, uh, you know, I think you kind of just have to, to bite the bullet and, and, you know, if you can't move them, which they clearly weren't able to, which isn't surprising because there's not a lot of teams that are going to want to take him on. Um, you kind of just have to bite the bullet and, and figure out a way to make it work with him on the roster. Well, the other LTIR guys were, that were talked about are legitimately injured guys, and, yeah. and that's uh, your defenseman, John Moore. Right. So and, if Moore goes on there, you're only talking $2.5 million. But still, $2.5 it ha- million. It helps ter- a little bit. It but helps. Again, you're up against, you'll be up against it. You'll, it. It can limit the type of players that you can call up. Whether you want to call up players that are in their entry level, or you want to call up, you know, more veteran type guys, if they have, you know, if they don't have bonuses, depending on what their salaries are, it really makes things complicated. If you want to avoid having a penalty next year to add on to everything else you have, and then clearly, you know, DeBrusque and Grizzly are going to be in the Carlo McAvoy position this time next year, right? And Kevin Miller's the other guy, but uh, do you think Pete they would even consider that going like short term? Let's put Miller and Moore on LTIR. Get Carlo and uh, McAvoy signed, and then just worry about what happens. <laughs> the, worry about salary cap hell when they're healthy in a couple months. Yeah, I mean it's it's possible to get those guys in the lineup. I don't think it's it's certainly not ideal, uh, and you know you, you run the risk of, of sort of screwing yourself down the line. But you know if there's if there's nothing else that they can do to get those guys signed and on the team, you might you might have to go that route. But uh, you know. There's part of me just thinks that that they're not they're not done. They might find uh, a deal to to shed some money uh, during camp uh, or, or something like that. But you know, I think that urgency is going to really start to kick in here uh, somewhat soon. Who would that mean? I mean, that's the, that's the only problem at this point. I mean, well, Krug, more Moore or Miller. Tor- right? It doesn't seem like they're trading Tory Krug, and like we just said, more or Miller, whether it's LTIR or a trade, it's not helping you all that much. I mean, what type of a discount are they expecting McAvoy and Carlo to take right now uh, to get back in here, so you have cap space and you can still maneuver during the season, whether it's trades or call ups? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe one of these forwards, one of these young guys, comes comes up and and impresses you, and maybe you feel 
a bit more comfortable trading, trading a guy like Charlie Coyle or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And, right. and I, I don't think that that is necessarily what they want to do. I think that a big reason why they went for Coyle was for that extra year of control, uh, you know, not just a half season rental, but I mean, if, if you got a, one of these centers, the young centers in the lineup that comes up and impresses, then, and you feel comfortable inserting him into that third line, the center role, then right. then you trade Coyle and get one of those uh, uh, one of those defensemen or both those defensemen signed. Yeah, that actually brings up the point that I've seen on Twitter people bring up now that how Charlie Coyle has to get paid after this year too, and so that and obviously as a UFA he'll be really looking for money. So maybe that is the way to go. You have to uh, be interesting though. You bring the the hometown guy in for while he has the they have the extra year control. He does his job in the playoffs and has kind of a, a you know a storybook story, and then you trade him in the next year. That would be something. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I definitely don't think that they wanted to do yeah, that. Yeah, right. I don't exactly. think that a lot of people would be happy about it because right. he was one of their best forwards in the playoffs last year. And, uh, you know, you give up a guy like Donato for, for a half season and, 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 you know, you end up having to, to trade Coyle away to, to sort of free up the mess that you've made for yourself. I, that's certainly not an ideal situation. But if we're talking about uh, something that they might have to do to, yeah. to get these guys signed, it, it, I think that's, that's a place that's worth looking. And I still say another place worth looking is trading a lock because, uh, you know, it's not a ton of money, but that it's some money that you could free up. Um, and, and, you know, just I, I know he's been important or he was important last year and in, in lightening the load for, for Tuca. But, uh, you know, it's somewhere that you got to look to, to, to you're going to have to bite the bullet somewhere. So free up the money wherever you can. Well, we had this uh, poll circulating uh, from some organization last week. I don't know if either of you guys caught this. It was a New England sports poll. They had an online survey of like 13,000 New England fans on various subjects. And one of the Bruins topics came up, players you were most disappointed in last year. And Krejci's name (laughs) comes up like a second on the list, which always blows me away. And he coming off a great year. So believe me, I'm I'm impressed with Krejci last year, and I think he's played with so many players it's been well documented. But when you're talking about trading centermen, what about Krejci? He's got two years left. Wouldn't it make more sense to trade him, sign Coyle long-term, and if you've got a young sediment coming up, I mean, the top prospect is Stanika or Stanichka, as uh, our friend uh, Craig Button calls him. If he's ready to go and impresses you in camp, what do you think about a Krejci trade? Yeah, I don't know. Because I think that, you know, trading Krejci, as far as, you know, if you want to make the argument that he's overpaid, go ahead. But, you know, I think that he's so important to this team because we saw – it's so easy to forget how bad this team looked when he wasn't going uh, in the first month of last season. They got no scoring from from anybody other than the top line, and it was super frustrating. And I think you run the risk of getting back to that full time if you trade Krejci. Um, you know, I just I don't know if I trust Coyle enough yet to be your number two center if, if he can be that guy consistently. And I mean, if your plan is to sign him long term. How much money are you really saving? Because you know you're going to have to pay him, and the way that he's been playing, or the way that he played in the second half of last year, he's probably due for a little bit of a raise. And and so, uh, you know, it, it's I don't think that that's a, a, a really a solution that makes a whole lot of sense, both in the long term, long term and short term, honestly. Well, let's talk about the guys who could impress. I mean, Stanichka, you know, that's a name that was just thrown out there. Uh, Matt's going to go to Buffalo and watch uh, three prospect games coming up uh, the showcase um, this weekend. They play who? Buffalo, uh, Pittsburgh, and uh, Jersey? Jersey. Yeah. 
Friday, Saturday, and Monday. So you got right. a four day stay in Buffalo. Man, talk about exotic. <laughs> you should be touting this end of summer spe- spectacular that you're on. <laughs> but anyway, some of the guys that, hi- that jump out at you there Carson Kuhlman, who we saw last year, Connor Clifton, right. Vakaninen, yep. Anders Bjork. Uh, well, Bjork didn't play last year. He was on the list and they didn't, he didn't play last year. Okay. Yep. Trent Frederick. Uh, Senishin, who's the new star of our podcast, That's right. and uh, Lazan and Zaboral. So of yeah. all those names, yeah. most likely to have a breakout camp starting this weekend, Matt. We'll start with you. Uh, Frederick or Lazan, you know, those. Uh, I would say the, the defenseman may be more Lazan because they're going to have more opportunity. There's going to be, I wrote about this last week too, you know, there's going to be a lot more reps available in these uh, practices and in these preseason games. So it's it's time for Lazan, Zaboral, Zavakanainen to uh, – Show what they can do, and then you know that might open up some of the. You know, if you're going to trade, if you have to tr- contemplate a Tory Krug trade, well, you know, here make these guys have to make an argument that they can at least help make up for that loss. So, and they're going to get ice time, you know, for yeah, sure. If right, McAvoy and Carlo unsigned, right? Exactly. Do one of those guys skate with uh, with Chara in the preseason? Yeah, or? absolutely. I would put uh, Lazon with Chara in a second, or you know, you bump Grizzly up there and you let Lazon play in a bottom, a, cl- a lower pair, and. Vakanina, whatever they probably all, probably all rotate with them. You get all three of them get get some significant reps. What do you think, Pete? Of all those names, who's the guy that they need to to really emerge, or you think will? Well, I mean, I think people people know. I think at this point that Vakanina is going to be pretty good, and and so you know, I don't know if I necessarily call him a breakout. I think that he'll he he will impress, and I expect him to kind of be a guy that's in the mix this year. But, you know, a guy that I'm really interested in is Anders Bjork just because, you know, he he's come in with a lot of promise. And, I mean, he was really good uh, in college. And, you know, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And, you know, if you want a guy who is, you know, capable of producing on the wing and they, they probably need that help this year, uh, I'm, I'm looking at him and, and hoping that, that he can finally put it together and, and stay healthy and be able to, produce so uh, I'm going to look for him you know if nothing more than than just wishful thinking what was his injury uh, Matt because he shoulder he had to have a major shoulder surgery for five right. or six months recovery in January so yeah I mean I, I I think there's a lot of talent there and I'm just not putting any bets on him just because it's going to take time to recover I mean two years in a row shoulder injury he, he took a while to come back from it last year he didn't really feel like himself you can see um, tentativeness in his game last year. That's why they sent it to Providence in the first place. Um, I, I would say, to me, he, regardless, unless he really tears it up in this camp, he starts the year in Providence, and we don't see him for a couple of months unless there's an emergency. He needs to build his game back up, build his confidence back up, and, and prove that he to himself that he's healthy enough to play. Um, and there's plenty of guys that can uh, you know, th- do that job while he's out. You were tweeting from our show account the projected lines to start the year, yeah. and you confused the hell out of everybody because you put. <laughs> I confused here, the hell out of the illiterates. Well, here's line three. Listen to this. I don't know if you saw this tweet, Pete. Heinen, Coyle, Richie slash Bjork slash Solaric slash Steen slash Senishin slash Wagner. That was his third line. That's the third line. It's like that's so up. he had a six man rotation at right wing, it's or up in the air. he had five guys that were possibly going to play somewhere else on the fourth line. I, I don't know what you, I don't know what that meant. As much as I would love to rip Matt, I, I I sort of get where he's coming from there because I mean, if we've learned anything over the past couple of years, it is just a, a rotating door of guys getting. Right. Uh, a shot to prove themselves in those in those roles. Yeah, so that's the competition. Uh, you, know, you could probably say the same thing about about second line right wing as well because right. we have no solution there either. Right. Well, that, in that tweet, I put Stadnika first line right wing, and I put Pasternak or Krejci where he should be 
where he belongs, where he needs to get a long run to try to work this out. Not a Bruce Cassidy, four shifts, four sh- periods, whatever it is, and then I'm going to switch it up again because I can't live without Pasternak, Martian, and Bergeron. You have to give it a chance, and preseason is the best time to well, do that. Like and that's let Cassidy's run. call. He has no say in that. That's just Marshawn and Bergeron refusing. Well, to that part could ways. be too. I mean, but that's then, then it is Cassidy's fault because he's not standing up to his players. <laughs> well, when he gets that contract extension, that'll be his first right, order of business, exactly. right? Well, the, the other couple flaws with that are Stanika on the wing, yeah. which Don Sweeney has basically said they're. I don't care what Don Sweeney do said. Or not did, did you not read what I said? I said the Bruins are stupid if they don't stay open to that. Tyler Sagan, Patrice Bergeron, on and on. Centers have started out in the wing, and what better place for a winger, for a center, to learn the NHL game in his first pro season than on the right wing of Bergeron and Marchand? Yeah, but I then mean, he's learning a position he's not going to play long term. He's, he's, learning, he's learning the intricacies of the of the pro game and learning how to battle. And once he's got that down, you know, going back to his natural position isn't a problem. It's not lifetime sentence. It's just play out there and, and learn the pro game. If he's the best player, the guy has a scoring pedigree. So if if he's the best player to play up there, then he has to be up there. You can't say, oh, well, he's a center and we're going to nurture him, and in three years he's going to be a great number two center while we watch Peter Solarik skate around with a bag over his head. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, that there's there's like some there's some truth to that because there, there's less responsibility on the wing and you can kind of ease guys into it. And they're not they're just not gonna forget everything that they that they knew playing right. down the middle and then you can move them back and, and sort of you know, get them a little bit of a running start and then give them more responsibility look, to play down the middle. Look at, look at Patrick Marlowe's career. He's moved back and forth how many times, right? He was a center a lot in San Jose, moved over to the wing. But you know, I think Pavelski the same thing. I mean, you have to be versatile in this league and you have to Utilize your best players, and if he comes in to, to, for Don Sweeney to say, "Oh, we're, we're, he's a center, we're not even going to try it," is foolish because this team is desperate for help in that top six. He's left this hole in the top six every year the last three years, and whoever, and if, and if somebody comes in, whether he's a center or a wing, comes in and wins the job, he wins the job. Well, if Coyle, I mean, push comes to shove, do you think they're going to sign Coyle? Because I don't. I mean, just just looking at the whole scenario, if Frederick and uh, Stanika are really legit yeah. prospects. I don't, I don't want to dodge the question, but it's really hard to says no without knowing what Carlo and McAvoy and Krug are. What's, what's, like, Cra- it, it, yeah, Greg. It, it depends on, on you know what you do with other pieces because you know, like like you said, I mean, if Krejci's out the door, then you you probably have to find a way to sign Carlo right. or uh, Coyle too right. because what are you going to do? Carry those three young guys in uh, as you know your bottom. You know, bottom nine. Uh, so you know, it's you know, I, I don't know. It, it's it's tough to make that call. But at this point in time, I would say you know, if things hold tight, it, Coyle is probably less likely to be signed. And and in that case, I don't mind jerking him around and putting him on the wing, which he showed he could do last yeah, year. So. I'm not saying you don't do that too, but you have to like get, let everyone. You have to try things out. You know what? The worst thing that happened to them last year, it ended up working out, but was when Johansson and Postenock are out of the lineup. After the trade deadline, Cassidy didn't get, get didn't get a chance to do the right mixing and matching, and as we know, it, it took they didn't really click <laughs> until the second round. I mean, you you were one game away from being eliminated first round, so he needs to experiment. Don't come in and just have this you know closed minded idea that Coyle's a center or or Stadnick is a center. Everyone can try to play everywhere, and the fact is, we've seen so many times where five or six of these guys last year didn't come in and win a job. You know, they basically picked, took guys out of camp at it by default. So you have to keep Studnicka in the mix. If he's going to be a wing, he's going to be a wing. Don't worry about three years from now. 
Yeah, I think this this is more one of the more intriguing preseasons that I can remember in, in a little while, just because you know there there can be a lot of moving parts, and there should be a lot of moving parts, just to kind of see where they're at and and who will work with who, and and you know who's going to win jobs. Like, there's a lot up in the air right now, uh, and it's an interesting place to be in as as uh, you know as a team that, that's coming out of the Eastern Conference as you know, Eastern Conference champs, but, uh, you know, it's the position that they're in right now. I kind of agree with you. As we were discussing here, I'm thinking for a team that you would think is just going to rest everybody until the season now, coming off the long year, this is actually a pretty interesting camp for a team that went uh, on a long playoff run. Yeah, and that's another reason why these young guys are going to have a lot of chances because they're going to, I mean, that's why, and that's the reason why they bring Petrovic in here because they just want to throw a veteran out there. Because they're gonna, run, you're not gonna see a lot of these guys in the preseason game. You are so mad at the yeah. Petrovic reaction. Calvin is like, uh, just. <laughs> well, no, I was mad about that until people started getting excited that Adam McQuaid was on the ice for our captain's well, practice. Okay, that's I mean, good. holy cow! The people people come out of a hole. They they're like the groundhog. They go in a hole and they come out and see something. And go, oh, what does this mean? What does this happen? There's gonna be ten think pieces today about what does Adam McQuaid's captain's practice appearance mean? Oh my god! It just means yeah. he's practicing. It's September fourth. Yeah, and, and I mean, Ken, you, you said like that. This is you know normally it's a position where you you rest these guys after a long season and a short summer, but I mean you you really can't rest them because you need to figure out who is going to work. Otherwise, you jeopardize you know the first month or so of the season just trying to experiment with these guys and, and get a footing in, in who works with who. I, I don't think that you want to carry that too deep into the season where you, you put yourself in a position of, of digging a hole that you need to climb out of, especially with a, with a division that is as tough as the Atlantic, or it should be as tough as the Atlantic this year. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously that's that's definitely an issue, but <laughs> the, the Carlo McAvoy thing has to be resolved. I mean, otherwise none of this matters. I mean, how how much right. how are they really going to stay alive? I mean, I know that they, 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 maybe they're getting fool's gold because last year they lost five defensemen and, had like one eight out of ten games or some nonsense there, but it doesn't work that way. And teams are going to be improved. Teams are going to be gunning for them. And you can't go into the season without those two defensemen and think you're going to survive and end up with home ice in the end of the season. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, I mean, it's also hard for me to imagine that they go too deep into the season without those guys on the roster because you know you're not going to survive. You know, the, the management's not going to survive. Uh, you know, the public perception is just going to absolutely kill. Sweeney, if if he doesn't find a way to get those guys on the roster, well, it's a good point, and 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 their agents know that. So the longer it goes, the more to their advantage, you know, that the contract's going to go in their in their favor. Of course, there's a limit to what he can actually physically pay them based on the the cap. Well, that's restrictions. just it. I mean, so we, we talked about this earlier in the summer is about how the, you know the big winner in this all this is it's Jacobs because if this is if this is 1989 <laughs> instead of 2019, everybody going Jacobs is too cheap to pay these guys, and now he could just say ho hum, we don't have cap space. Oh well. I'm going back to my third yacht, you know, so. <laughs> there goes our chance at a Jacobs interview. Um, here's a couple Twitter questions I want to pose to you guys, uh, at people proposing at the skate pod. This is from uh, G Rant. Bruins will be hard-pressed to return to the final again. From where they stand now, what is the realistic window for another cup with the 2011 core? What do you guys think? How long is the window? One year? Two, two years, years? Two years. I think two years. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't fully expect it this year. Um, but I, I think that you do have a pretty good shot with the mix of, of like current vets and, you know, the young, young guys getting another year of experience the year after this year. Uh, I think they could be right back in the mix. And I think it basically 
runs, you know, coincidental with uh, with the Krejci contract. Two more years left, and two right. more years left of this. That's that's the date where you have to look at. Okay, this is where they're going to start breaking this up, and hopefully for their sakes, that some of these kids actually become the next Krejci or the next Krug or whatever. Um, we haven't really seen that except for you know McAvoy and Carlo clearly have stepped in, but the rest of these prospects haven't necessarily you know reached upper echelons. Not to say they're not going to, but we haven't seen that quick development into you know star type players and whether it's the Nicker or Frederick or you know any of these guys um you know it could be Beecher in two years from now who knows um these things have to play out but it's cre- interesting that you said Krejci though because Tuca is also has two years yeah left, I was just right. gonna bring that up yeah he's got two years left as well but but now people are like it's amazing Tuca has totally just Turn everything on its head. He is now like a respected. Nobody worries about him. He's like he's now. An, no, he's oh, not. Absolutely, get out you're, of here. You're completely wrong. Right? Yeah. What? No, that's completely off base. It, it, people, I mean, the fact that they lost the Stanley Cup final, it, it, it's right back to square one. Exactly. It, as soon as this season starts, it's going to start right back up again. No, yeah, you I, I think you're. Yeah, because well, now you see people just tweet. They go, you're, "I know. He, I, I love. I, I love the way he took us to the seventh game seven. But it's 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 the same crap. What just based on just game seven? Or oh my god, they, I mean, he was going to be the MVP. That's, if that's they definitely won the game. part of it. Part of it is losing game seven, but part of it is also just they don't believe he'll ever win it, regardless of whether it was game seven or not. So he's going to be David Price, like yeah. you're saying. He's going to be I mean, like he should well, have won one. So, but he didn't win yeah. the MVP, but he should yeah. have. Or and, and for like you a don't minute, have to look at, you don't have to look any further than the fact that. Look at 2013 and how well he played in in that in that right. final or in that final and in that entire playoffs, and ask people about it now. Right. Ask, ask people about it a year later. They'll just say that that he gave up two goals in in 16 seconds, 17 seconds, and he lost in the, the cup. Yeah, and that's but, all they that's all they'll say. That's all they'll remember for the most part. And they'll say that, that this team can't win with him, and that's. All that it is. That's all that the narrative becomes. People forget everything else that he did, and it's just whether or not he won or whether he didn't win. Or the, and so and it, plus, it's just going to go right back to the fact and you, and that he didn't win with him. And you factor in the Halak factor. People that think, oh, you know, Halak was the better goal. He put up the better numbers last year, so they could just go to Halak. Oh, boy. I, I don't know about that. I mean, 2013, he actually did give up two goals and. In that span, I mean, those goals weren't his fault. Okay, but I mean, look at look at, the, get, look at the way those goals happened. I mean, it, it's it's something that I'm entirely sick of. But please, never underestimate how dumb the Bruins fan base could be. <laughs> Well, yeah, what's, what's amazing did, is didn't I don't. Pete, didn't Pete call them the stupidest fan base in hockey this week? Was that a tweet? Uh, they're one. They're one of the most insufferable fan bases in hockey, and one of the dumbest uh, fan bases in hockey. <laughs> oh, that's one of. Them. Yeah, I will stand by that 100. percent They are by far the most insufferable and dumbest fan base in New England, but it's not even close. Of which you are a member. You're a, you're an admitted Bruins Oh, fan. yeah, absolutely. I say that as somebody who, who loves this team, and I, I know a lot of smart Bruins fans, but there is a very loud, stupid minority uh, that, that dominates you know talk radio and dominates all the takes uh, that, that make it out into the public sphere, and so... It's very frustrating, but I absolutely think that the Tuka thing is right back to square one here. Uh, you know, Marshawn should have been the GOAT, right? I mean, of Game 7. Or some, I guess some people would admit that he was. He right. had the Buckner-esque moment. But <laughs> but in terms of reaction, I don't. nobody seems to – do you think they'll vocalize that? Will he get one boo? Will anybody well, turn no. on Marshawn? <laughs> I mean, no, no, right? I mean, they're well, turning they, on Tuka. No, it's Marshawn's fault. Well, nobody t- turns on Tuka – 
that pays money to go to these games or anything like that. Anyway, we're talking basically social media and, you know, Brand X hosts and whatever. Okay, and so on so, social media, have you seen anybody trolling Marshawn through the offseason? Uh, a little bit here and there, but not not too much. People that are just saying, oh, I can't get over it, and I can't believe it went for the line change, you know, not as bad. I mean, uh, you go back to Krejci, and the fact that that survey had him as the, the second most disappointing player on the roster. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, the justification for that was that he – "Quote unquote disappeared in, in the Stanley Cup final, right. and my reaction to that is, well, you know who else disappeared? Pretty much everybody right. in that lineup exactly. disappeared. So, like, especially if, the if home games. Say, if you're, if, I mean, I would say I would argue that Marshan didn't disappear. He was bad and visibly bad. So, like, if that's a guy, if that's your justification, he should be the guy in that spot, other than Krejci. I mean, obviously, he had an unbelievable regular season." And so did David Krejci, and I just think that it's it's a very lazy take to pin it on Krejci, and it's just like this preconceived sort of bias against him because everybody says that he's overpaid, which he might be. But he had a great year last year, and he disappeared along with everybody else in that lineup uh, during the final, and people are just turning it on him. One more question is from Chris B. on Twitter, at the Skate Pod. How many years would you guys give Bruce Cassidy on the impending contract extension? Now we saw Cora go from uh, you know total gr- greatest of all time to he's he's taking some heat this year, so things can change in a year. Uh, fans can turn on you, but in general, Bruce Cassidy's place is pretty well set, right? I mean, would you give a five year deal? I, I would. I would not. I, three years. I'm pretty much on record as two max. Three. Two. Oh, that's two beyond this year. That's a good. That's that's, that's security. You need to see how he's going to handle first of all this transition from one leadership group to the next, and you need to see. How he leads when he doesn't have the Charles and Bergerons, you know, speaking up. He needs he's going to need to take a, a a bigger role and mold some veteran, you know, mold some younger guys into leaders. And it's going to be a lot, a lot of transition. Plus, you want to go back to the, the the playoffs, like we're talking about, who disappeared, who didn't. I mean, this team, you can give them a lot of credit for their resiliency and their bounce back ability when they were had their backs against the wall. But there were times where. They only played their best when their backs were against the wall, and that's kind of distressing to me. You don't want to always be tempting the fates, and the fact is you probably shouldn't have had to go seven games with those Blues if you came out and played your best hockey earlier in that series. You wouldn't, you know, you won that third game. What was it? Seven to three, eight to three, whatever it was, and then you should win that series if you can beat a team that bad. And to go seven games, let alone lose it, is not, uh, you know, and some of that has to fall on the coach. And the way he prepares them. I'm not saying he should be gone. He's just shouldn't. We shouldn't be giving him a lifetime contract. Man, you're here. rough. You're like I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with the things that you're saying, but you also have to look at it from from Cassidy's perspective and what he can bring to the table as arguments in his favor. I mean, he he got this team to the Stanley Cup final, to Game Seven of the Stanley Cup final. He you know put himself in a position to, to be a Jack Adams finalist. Uh, you know, he, obviously he didn't get there, but like you could easily make the case that that he was he could have been there. Um, and and I you know I just think that you're going to have to probably give him more than than a two year extension. Uh, I would say probably like three or four at minimum. Yeah, I would agree. Four four or five year deal. I am a believer in Bruce. We're going to get him on the podcast, so I'm going to go ahead and suck up to him right here right now. All right, uh, so there's your little uh, camp preview. You've uh, already on record, uh, Pete, as you're thinking it's an exciting camp. Do you think there'll be a blockbuster trade or uh, something that we're really buzzing about over the next three weeks? I don't know if it's a blockbuster deal, but I, I do think that there there is something in in the mix, and they're probably going to have to swing something to get these 
to get these unsigned guys into camp and on their roster. So uh, I don't know what the magnitude of it will be, but I, I do think that there's, there's something that's going to have to happen. And when you do this thing at the end of summer that's, like, unbelievable, will, will we know it when we see it? Or will you will we even report it at this point? Or is it under the radar? No, it'll be uh, it'll be out there, and, and uh, it'll right. be widely recognized. All right. Now we're talking. Notorious. Oh, whoa. Will we no longer be able to have you on the podcast <laughs> after? You'll be too too important, too famous? or No, never. Okay. Never, absolutely. I'll never be too big. Always <laughs> small. Thank you, Pete. Thank you. You bet. So there you have it, Pete Blackburn of CBS Sports. Um, hopefully we get the three of us together for uh, Skate on Sunday coming soon to a, a WEI uh, near you. Got some final thoughts here as we wrap up, uh, tidy up this one? Well, I don't want to get too down, far down this road, but it's kind of, distra- you know, everyone making like the owners not opting out of this deal is a reason to celebrate. They're It's called negotiation, and they're basically putting the onus on the players to look like the bad guys if they opt out. And you think the, you think the players will opt out? And I'm, what's the deadline? The fifteenth. The fifteenth. And I, I'm not saying they're going to opt out. I'm saying they're obviously negotiating to do it. But if they opt out, let's not go blaming the players for a system that has depressed income and created this nonsensical situation where these RFAs are sitting around two weeks before camp. And but then on the same hand, I'm kind of distressed when you read about the players so worried about escrow that they're willing to have them freeze the cap ceiling to a a minimal increase just so they make sure they get more of their money. They don't understand the get whole the escrow money back. And this is so boring. I know people are clicking off already, but I just want to say that like, don't blame the players. Don't be so quick to blame the players. If they opt out, there is a situation here where the owners are getting over on them. And by the way, if they opt out, it's after, it's, it's after it's this, this season. This so they season, have all yeah. season to negotiate all off season next year. So um, anyway, I don't know why I care so much, but that, no, no, that kind of angers me that people are acting like the owners are saving the game you know the, the commissioner is he only has the game in in his mind the guy who canceled the whole season once so let's just remember who you know don't start painting guys as bad guys if they opt out and looking for the best deal enjoy buffalo where are you staying at the airport or in- oh i stay you know in the wing factory of course oh what, is that south side I stay in a hotel. Luxury now. hotel? I'm, when I'm on my own dime, I can stay in some nice hotels. <coughs> I can stay in some things, you know. What is the famous wing joint there? They have they have two, right? They, they claim have Duff's it. and they have Anchor Bar. Oh, Anchor Those Bar, yeah. Two, yeah. All right. Well, I expect good uh, Instagram pics or uh, or Twitter. Or, Absolutely. I hope the skate pod is humming, right? Follow at the skate pod yep. this weekend for and we're, all and, your... And by the time we get back, we should be at 1,000 and we'll be eating at Strager next week. Eating on Bradford, who just turned 50. Happy birthday to the Bradfo Show, and uh, pay up, buddy, because we are coming. We are surging here on the Skate Pod. See you next week.